1: Let's Get Moving with Maria, inspiration to spend a few minutes each day to get moving on the small things that can make a big difference in your life. Today on Let's Get Moving, we are talking about intuitive eating. What exactly is that? And with me is nutritionist Leah Kirschbaum. First of all, just kind of describe, explain for us what is intuitive eating? I'm not sure I really know what that means.
0: Sure. So intuitive eating is based off of a book, actually. Um, It was written by uh, Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch. And the book has, it really addresses kind of the mental side of eating. I feel like a lot of times with nutrition information, the psychological part and the mental part of eating kind of gets left behind. And the book has 10 different uh, guiding principles. And it really helps you tune back into your own body and to figure out what really works for you. Um, We get so much external pressure and information about nutrition that it gets really confusing and so intuitive eating helps the individual tune back into their bodies, ultimately making them, like, the best expert of what's, you know, best for them. Right. So, so
1: give us some tips on how we would get started if we wanted to do that.
0: Um, first, you should go straight to the source and buy the book. Right. Um, the book is a- super, yeah, the book is super informative, very, very helpful. Um, and, and you know, there's lots of, it kind of depends on your situation, but... Um, I think in general, starting with your thoughts and realizing kind of your thoughts and opinions about food currently is a great way to get started. So what kind of food rules do you have? Um, What kind of thoughts do you embrace from day to day about food, Um, whether labeling them as good or bad, or if there's a lot of emotion wrapped up in, um, you know, what drives your food choices? Um, So a lot of times when I'm working with clients, we will start with food rules. And I'll ask, you know, what, what is your opinion of this food or this food? And they might not even realize all of kind of the emotional and the loadedness they have about food. Um, and so first identifying that and then kind of breaking down where those beliefs come from. Because it's really hard to make intuitive choices if they are loaded with tons of emotion. And so I, I want people to be able to look at food pretty neutrally to drive their choices. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it's so hard,
1: though, because food is not every celebration. Food has become a crutch when we're stressed or we're feeling down. Mm-hmm. And then the, there's the element of the science around food continually changes, and dieting and ideas and myths change. Yes,
0: yes. So dieting is um, is a really kind of hard mentality to get out of, and that's actually one of the first principles of intuitive eating is rejecting the diet mentality. Um, and that is because dieting typically always is not, um, it's not sustainable for people and it's, it cuts out, you know, certain food groups and it, it oftentimes is also related to just manipulating your body. And so health, when you're focused just on your body, you're ignoring a lot of other, um, components of health per se. So the best way is to be able to, um, you know, figure out and be compassionate with yourself. Um, we you go back to your original question?
1: <laughs> so my question is that it's just so difficult based on all of the things that we're surrounded with. And, you know, just to follow up on what you started saying here is mm-hmm. we don't do well when we're deprived. No. Right? You can only deprive yourself for so long. Yes. And then the problem with that is once you've been deprived, you kind of go to the other extreme.
0: Yes, exactly. So, yeah, dieting really sets you up for that cycle of, Okay, I'm going to try this. I'm going to be really good. I'm going to eat perfectly and then it sets you up to maybe binge or emotional eat because eating is eating is everywhere and and it is part of celebrating and it, it is an emotional experience and I think that that's okay. Um I think that um when you can recognize that and and realize that that cycle isn't working for you and realize that there's so much to health, more, so much more to health than just, you know, um, nutrition that we eat for a lot of different reasons, that, that helps right? kind of loosen the reins a little bit and allow you to be human because we have so much nutrition information out there, but a lot of it doesn't really include what it means to be a human and eat, you know? So I think that... So how do we bring it back to the basics? And instead
1: of worrying about so much about overeating, how can we just worry more about how should I be eating to be healthy? Sure. Cuz that's what it sounds like you're talking about.
0: Yeah, and and I think you have to define, you know, what is health. Um I think in our culture health is often pigeonholed into just um like weight or the size of bodies. And so it's looking at all the different components of health. If I if I have a food rule or um something that I think is healthy but it's mentally making me really stressed, then I want to rethink about that that goal, right? Or that food rule. Um and so I would say Everybody can start off by, you know, eating meals throughout the day, eating snacks throughout the day, taking a look and figuring out where the holes are in your, um, you know, in your lifestyle. If perhaps you're waiting for your hunger cues to get really, really extreme before you start eating, learning how to recognize your hunger when it's a little bit quieter so that it's not so intense and you're not setting yourself up to be, you know, mindless when you eat. Because when you're really hungry, it's hard to pay attention. So...
1: Especially if it's right in the middle of work.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? So and and planning things out and and being flexible and um you know realizing that you can have foods that you enjoy that it doesn't have to be this really strict you know meal plan or something and that if you eat something outside of that meal plan you haven't messed up your whole day that your body is really resilient and your body is really good at um, taking into account lots of different foods and that that stress of eating actually is can be really harmful for your for your health as well. Okay. So. so I don't ever really think
1: about I've never thought of my eating as being stressful. So, describe what you're talking about exactly.
0: So, I think of maybe somebody who goes through the weekend and or or let, let's take Monday for example. Say Monday comes around and you feel like you've, you know, blown it over the weekend and you haven't done a very good job eating whatever your de- definition of healthy eating is. And so Monday you're feeling like, well, I need to do something to really compensate what I've done for the weekend because I ate so bad. And so it's like, um
1: Then you're you starving know, yourself on Monday. Sure.
0: Then you're star- starving yourself on Monday and you're kind of setting yourself up to repeat that cycle throughout the week. And And failed. so that, that's a stressful mindset, right? Where it's like, ah, oh, I shouldn't have eaten this food or I, I should have eaten that and and I have no self control. And you know, that mindset is really stressful because if you're always trying to eat perfectly, then you're going to always feel like you're messing up because there's so many messages around eating in general in our culture that say, eat this, don't eat that. And so everybody is relying on kind of these external rules instead of tuning in to say, well, what do I like? What actually feels good to me? Um, what's going to work with my schedule and my budget? Do I like to cook? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's kind of just figuring out, um, you know, what, what works for you so that it's not stressful.
1: And kind of getting back to what you said, it's kind of taking the guilt out of eating and being kinder to yourself. Yes. So, so food has no explaining.
0: business making you feel guilty, but because food has become kind of this dogmatic uh, thing in our culture, there's so much emotion and feeling tied up with food. Um, and the idea behind neutralizing food, which is one of the principles of intuitive eating is kind of making no good or bad foods. And, we know not all foods are nutritionally equivalent, but they are morally equivalent. And so when you can take the emotion out of eating, then you're able to make a much more sustainable, compassionate food choice. Um, you know, if you go to a potluck or something and you're if, if you've got the mindset of, well, if I eat this cookie, then I'm doing bad or I'm doing poorly. Right. I'm going to make this, um, you know, healthier food choice then you kind of ignore your cravings. You're ignoring your body. So there's a way for you to have a cookie and it for, for it to be moderate and it for it to be mindful and a, a peaceful and normal experience, right? Um, and then there's a way to set yourself up where you maybe go to that same potluck and there's desserts available and... Um, you overdo it because you never let yourself have those kinds yeah, of food. I never get
1: these desserts, right? Yeah, yeah. And I so, never
0: have this. I've got to try this one and this one, this one because I never get these. Yeah, and the, the idea of neutralizing foods is is so powerful for people because you take away all that stress and you're actually able to connect with yourself and figure out, okay, what do I actually want in this moment, and that's sustainable and that is compassionate um, and flexible and fits into people's lives really nicely. So right,
1: because you probably actually don't want six desserts. You know how you're gonna feel after you eat sure. That. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh, exactly. Okay. So let's talk about how just a few simple things to help people change the way that they're thinking. And you said the first thing would be to kind of analyze the way you see food. Yes. So how do they go about that?
0: So I have people make a just actually make a list of rules. So if you have a rule of, well I can't eat past seven o'clock or If I've had a dessert, I have to earn it by going to the gym. Just start off by actually writing those rules down and thinking about where they come from and how they're serving you or how they're not serving you. So if they're not serving you, then the next step would be, well, how can I kind of rebrand this or give myself permission to um, break some of these rules? And how might that improve my life? So if I have a rule that says I can't eat past 7 o'clock, because it's going to make me gain weight. Right. Um, Which is not true. I'm just saying if you have that rule. Right. Um, Then it's like you get to rebrand that and say, I do have permission to eat past seven. Um, My body is not my body can handle that. My metabolism doesn't stop working at 701. Um, And you just kind of take that rule and, and you put it under the microscope a little bit and say, how is this serving me? How is, how is this making food more loaded for me? And let's let's rebrand it and make it a more positive, compassionate, uh, you know, rule or just get, get rid of it completely. Mm-hmm. But I think it starts with kind of rebranding the thoughts and right. renaming them. So in a
1: perfect world that we don't mm-hmm. live in, how should we look at food? How I, should we be thinking about
0: food? I think food should be viewed as something enjoyable. It should be nourishing. It should be satisfying. Um, I think it should be you know, a joyful part of our lives. It really should be. And not, I think a lot of times we look at food and today's culture, it's just cornered into just nutrition. And it's just so much more than that. So I really think people should... um, Grandma's
1: cookies are a lot more than nutrition, right?
0: Yeah, there are memories and there's nostalgia and there's comfort and it's okay to eat for those things. It's totally part of being human, so.
1: right. So what are some of the common myths that you see oh. every day with people that you work with?
0: I'm so glad the you asked that. rules that just, they should
1: be breaking because they're not real rules.
0: Yeah. I'm so glad you asked that. So one of the biggest misconceptions with intuitive eating is that we you don't care about nutrition. And that's just not true. So um, you'll say, you know, people might... Hear intuitive eating and think, well, if I intuitively ate, I would be, you know, going through the Taco Bell drive through every day, or I would just be eating cookies all day. Um, and and that's just not true. And so um you can care about nutrition and intuitive eating. Um, but a lot of times you have to rebrand your thoughts to begin with before you can start focusing on nutrition. So, um
1: That's why you said those are the first two steps yes. analyzing and rebranding.
0: Yes. So, yeah, you definitely can care about nutrition with intuitive eating. The last chapter of Intu- one of the I think it's might not be the last chapter, but um, is gentle nutrition. So that's one of the, the principles of the book. And they I think they kind of say that to the end, because if you focus on nutrition at the beginning, a lot of people's thoughts are so kind of rigid and fearful about nutrition. And so learning to look at nutrition in a more gentle way in a compassionate way, is totally part of intuitive eating. Um, another myth about intuitive eating is that it's it's not a weight loss diet, and it's not a diet at all. Um, it's meant for everyone, but a lot of people think, well, if I do an intu- intuitive eating, you know, this is going to be like a weight loss intervention, and intuitive eating completely takes the weight part out of it so that you're just focusing on health because there's a lot more to health than just your weight. So, um. But
1: if you're eating in that way, you will be healthier and probably will be within the guidelines for your weight. Right? Sure.
0: And, and, and I think that's one of the things that I want people to understand is bodies come in all shapes and sizes. And you can't, you can't look at someone and determine their health status based on their body size. You just can't. And so intuitive eating really helps you focus on um, looking at all different parts of health. So, But people often come to me and say, you know, you know is this a diet? Like, will I, will I lose weight on this? And my answer is, I don't know. You might gain weight. You might lose weight. You might stay the same. Um, but we're going to try to put weight on the back burner while we do this. Um, so, yeah. Oh, and I kind of brought up the other, the other um, misconception of if I intuitively eat, I will just be eating, you know, X food all of the time. And for some people, it might feel like that at the beginning. Because there's a phase that you have to go through where you kind of learn to quiet and um, reduce the power that so many foods have. And so you might need repeated exposure to a certain food so that it becomes more neutral. But I promise that at some point those foods will become less appealing to you and you'll be able to moderate them much more, which is such a cool part of intuitive eating is going through that process and being like, I can have um some kind of dessert food or something in my house and not even think about it. And it's just there be- and where before it might have been you know you just know it's there and it's kind of you know uh looming over you and you're just thinking about it all of the time and so it really neutralizes that. Which right. Is awesome.
1: I mean I can I love Cheetos but I can only eat so many Cheetos. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think Cheetos kind of good. what you're talking about is um my favorite Dessert used to be those Dunford chocolate cake donuts. Uh And I used to think I could just eat them forever until I worked in a bakery. Mm. And then suddenly I didn't want to eat them at all. After Because after you eat so many, right, it neutralizes the food. And suddenly, hey, it's there. I can have it when I want to, but I don't have to have it.
0: Yep. No, that's an awesome personal experience. And that's exactly what I see happen in a lot of people is they're like, oh, my gosh, like, I don't want it anymore. And you know, it's not about not having those foods. It's just about having a really good relationship with them and a peaceful relationship with them. So
1: Okay. So let's go back to listening to your body. Yeah. I'm not sure that's very easy because we have well, a lot of us have just been eating whatever we want and probably overeating. So how how do we pay attention to what our body's really telling us? Yeah. How do we start with that? Sure.
0: That's a a long answer. I know, right? (laughs) No, no, you're fine. It's a a really good question. So depending on your experience, you may or may not have really understand how your hunger and fullness cues feel like or what, you know, feel like to you. We know
1: when we've overeaten because we can barely
0: breathe, right? Sure. Or we feel like we're going to be sick. Mm -hmm. So one of the first questions I ask people is, you know, do you even know what your hunger and fullness feel like? Um, And do you only know what it feels like at both extremes? Do you only know what fullness feels like when you're really, really stuffed and what hunger feels like when you're just famished? And so the, the idea is to start, one, I think eating consistently throughout the day is going to be, it's going to set up your body the best to kind of get in a rhythm of hunger and fullness and know what to expect. So if you've been dieting and you've gotten to a point where perhaps you've ignored your hunger cues completely, right, because maybe it's you know, a certain time of the day, or you've already hit your calories, then, and you're like, well, it doesn't really matter that I'm hungry. I'm just not going to eat. Then it's going to be a little bit harder to, to tune in if you've, if you've dieted a lot. And, and it's totally possible, but you just start practicing and you just start listening. And so I think that's the key is to just start really listening to your body throughout the day, which is hard if you're busy and you've got a job and, and you're doing things, but you have got to reconnect with your body um and so you can kind of check in before a meal time and say okay where on a scale of one to ten is my hunger if ten is really really full and one is starving and five is neutral or somewhere in the middle where would i think that i land on that scale and kind of notice where you are to begin with when you start a meal and then after the meal you can check in and say okay now where am i at and just kind of practicing getting to know you know, how you feel at certain times of the day, because your hunger and fullness are going to change from day to day for sure. And then you can notice what kind of like thoughts impact your hunger and fullness. So if you're feeling really anxious about something, it might be more difficult to feel your hunger or if you're really stressed. Um, and, And, you know, if you're having a hard time, that's why I think working with a professional can be really helpful. Um, is because it can be a scary experience for people to actually honor their hunger whenever they're hungry because there might be a lot of judgment associated with that. And so having someone to kind of hold your hand and explain to you that it's okay to eat when you're hungry, it's okay to feel fullness, it's okay to go through that process can be helpful. Um, But yeah, I would start off just by listening, um, listening before and after a meal, and then eating consistently. So if you go all day long and then you only eat in in the evenings— that's really going to throw off your hunger and fullness as well. So eating, you know, three meals a day, maybe a couple snacks in between every three and a half to four hours. And that might feel like a lot to some people. Um, but I think that's kind of a general guideline for people to start. All right. Anything that you'd like to add that maybe I've failed to mention? Oh, man. Um, you know, everyone has their own eating and eating experience. And I find that I can, anybody that I meet to talk to about intuitive eating, I can get into a conversation about and they have. Such a unique experience. And so I just want everybody to know that, you know, your needs are going to differ from the people around you, but um, there is a way to feel peaceful about food, to um, not be stressed about food. And everyone's capable of doing it. And it just takes practice and time and maybe some, you know, unlearning of common beliefs. But I promise it's really worth it. And it's awesome. And I love seeing people come into my office and just kind of feel like this relief of, oh, I don't have to diet anymore, or I can be my own expert, because I think it's so much just about reestablishing trust with yourself, and um, that's difficult when you've been relying on external sources for so long, and so I think that's kind of the whole point, and, and intuitive eating, like, branches out so much more than just food. It impacts so many other parts of your life than just food, so you learn concepts of, like, self-compassion, and mindfulness, and boundaries, and um body trust and and that impacts relationships and like other things that you do in your life which is really really cool i think. Right. So So helpful. Leah
1: tell us more how, how tell people how they can get a hold of you find out more information about what you're doing.
0: Sure. Thank um, you. Um yeah, thanks so much for asking. Uh i have an office in Mill Creek and i see people one on one. Um i see p- people virtually and in office. I have an Instagram, it's called body meets food and you can tune in there for um just post about intuitive eating and tips, and um, my email is leah at com, and you can email me if you want a session or have any questions. I'm, I just love talking to people about this stuff. So. All right, great. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks so much for having me.